At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Board of Directors Oversight has an internal control. Many compliance practitioners would not see a Board of Directors as a compliance internal control, yet I think it can be considered one. In the FCPA guidance in the 10 Hallmarks of an Effective Compliance Program, there are two specific references to the obligations of a Board of Directors in a Best Practices Compliance Program. The first is in Hallmark 1, which states, within a business organization, compliance begins with the Board of Directors and senior executives setting the proper tone for the rest of the company. The second is found under Hallmark number three, entitled Oversight, Autonomy, and Resources, which says the chief compliance officer should have direct access to an organization's governing authority, such as the board of directors and committees of the board of directors, i.e. the audit or compliance committee. Further, under the U.S. sentencing guidelines, a board must exercise reasonable oversight on the effectiveness of a company's compliance program. The Department of Justice prosecution standards pose the following queries. Did the directors exercise independent review of the company's compliance program? And are the directors provided sufficient information to enable them to exercise independent judgment? The DOJ remarks over the years have driven home to me the absolute requirement for board participation in any best practice or even effective compliance program. I believe that a board must not only have a corporate compliance program in place, but must actively oversee that function. Further, If a company's business plan includes a high-risk proposition, there should be additional oversight. In other words, think of there is an affirmative duty to ask tough questions by boards of directors. But it's more than simply of having a compliance program in place. The board must exercise appropriate oversight of the compliance program and, indeed, the entire compliance function. In other words, the board has to ask hard questions. It has to be documented. It must be fully informed of the company's compliance strategy going forward. Lawyers often speak to and advise boards on their legal obligations and duties. If a board's oversight is part of effective financial controls under Sarbanes-Oxley, that also includes effective compliance controls. Failure to do either may result in something far worse than bad governance. It may lead directly to an FCPA violation or could even form the basis of an independent FCPA violation if the government chose to take it in that direction. A company must have a corporate compliance program in place and must also actively oversee that function. Failure to perform these functions may lead to an independent liability of a board of directors for its failures to perform its allotted task in an effective compliance program. Internal controls work together with company policies and procedures and as an interrelated set of compliance mechanisms. There are five internal control concepts around a board or board's compliance or audit committee overseeing compliance. Number one, risk assessment. Now, we've 
thoroughly visited on risk assessments and how this forms one of the key components of a best practices compliance program. But it should have board involvement, and it should have board oversight, and the board should be a part of this, and this should be documented as well. So a board should assess the compliance risk associated with the business of the company. Number two, corporate compliance program and code of conduct. A board should have overall governance documents document which will inform the company, its employees, stakeholders, and third parties of the conduct the company expects from these entities, whether they be employees, stakeholders, or third parties. If the company is a global or multinational, this document should be translated to the relevant languages for local organizations. Number three, implementing procedures. A board should determine if the company has a written set of procedures in place that instructs employees on how to deal on the details of the compliance program. When was the last time your board of directors made this really simple inquiry, yet an important internal control? Number four, training. There are two levels of board training. The first should be that the board has a general understanding of what compliance is, but more, or FCPA compliance is, but it also should understand the role it has in an effective compliance program. You as a compliance practitioner may have to bring in an outside expert to put this training on for the board, but the board has to have training on both. And that's an effective internal control. Finally, number five, monitor compliance. A board should independently test, assess, and audit to determine if compliance programs and policies are a living and breathing program and not just a check-the-box exercise or a paper tiger. There have been recent FCPA enforcement actions where the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission discuss the failures of internal controls as a separate basis for FCPA liability. With many of the questions currently raised by the roles of boards of directors in numerous scandals and their failure to act, you might think that this would be an area where the Department of Justice would be ripe and willing to explore. So it could certainly be part of enforcement action for independent board liability. So what are today's three key takeaways? As I've continually noted throughout this series on internal controls, that there may be many internal controls which you had not thought of as compliance internal controls. And I think the board's role in compliance certainly falls into that category. The board has to actively oversee management of the compliance function, but every time the board does something, that can act as an internal control. The key is that you document that internal control and that it be, if their gap is determined, that gap be remedied. But the board in its function can act as an internal control. Number two, there's a five-step process that I outlined for the board or the board's compliance committee. And the board needs to, you as a compliance practitioner, need to make sure the board has been involved in all of those. And let's briefly recap. Number one, risk assessment. Two, corporate compliance policy and code of conduct. Number three, implementing procedures for training. And then five, monitoring. You as a compliance practitioner should insist that the board have roles in each of those, and that can act as separate internal control. Finally, with the SEC in particular's emphasis on internal controls, it could well be that they would take a look at the failure of a board to engage in its role in compliance as a violation of an effective compliance internal control. There could be civil liability for this. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me on day 12 of one month to more effective internal controls. And I hope you join me tomorrow.
for day 13. This is Tom Fox again. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of One Month to Better Internal Controls. If you've listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate this podcast as it would help in our rankings. The word out about the only one-month podcast series which enables you to design, implement, and enhance a better compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow. This production of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. I hope you will join me again tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.